Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Good morning. So last night I was uh, on the phone talking to a good buddy of mine, Father Ryan Mann, and uh, we were talking about the gospel because we're priests, and uh, he shared something with me that I thought was just extraordinarily profound. It was just too good not to share, and it really kind of brought kind of what I had been praying about all week. It kind of clicked all the pieces into place, so I want to share it with you. He said, he goes, I think that the major difference between the secular culture's celebration of Christmas and the church's vision for the celebration of Christmas is the figure of John the Baptist. That's the dividing point. The figure of John the Baptist. The Baptist, right, who is this strange and startling figure out in the wilderness, camel's hair, bugs and locusts and honey just all matted in his beard, crying out, repent, prepare the way of the Lord, right? The culture wants Christmas without the Baptist. The culture wants Christmas without repentance. That's the big difference. That's the big, big difference. Look, I, I mean, think about it. Like, I've personally never seen any John the Baptist decorations at, like, Target or Walmart, right? You never see, like, a Christmas card that says, you know, Merry Christmas, you brood of vipers, right? Like, although, that gives me an idea for next year. I don't know. We want to be careful, though, right? We want to be careful that we understand this figure uh, correctly, right? Because the second and third Sundays of Advent, every year the church says, no, 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 pause, contemplate the Baptist. The way to the manger is through the Baptist. The way to the manger is through the Baptist. All right, so let's, let's try and understand this repentance and, and all of that business. So in the ancient world, it was customary that if a king or dignitary or royal figure of some sort was, was coming to your city, right, if he was coming to your town, that announcement would be made what that city, that village, what that town would do is they would send servants essentially out of the city, way out into the wilderness, to really begin preparing the literal road, the way for the king's arrival to the city, right? So think about it. Like the, the ancient roads, they weren't, you know, quite like our roads today. There'd be, there'd be debris and boulders, and maybe there was floodwaters that washed parts of the road away, right? So they would send the servants out to, to, to clear away the rubble, to clear away the debris, to clear away anything that would prevent or impede the king's coming to this city, right? Maybe they'd be building new bridges over um, streams. Maybe they'd be putting new stones down so that the, uh, the wheels of the carts wouldn't get broken. But that's what they would do. They would go out into the wilderness to prepare the way to, to literally make it easier for the king to reach their city. Okay, so John the Baptist, on the second Sunday, we hear him drawing upon that imagery drawing upon the prophecy of Isaiah, right? Drawing upon that imagery of preparing the way, the arrival, going out to prepare the way. And the Baptist is saying, John is saying, the church is saying, make it easier for the king to reach you. Clear away the rubble, clear away the debris, clear away everything that hinders or impedes his coming to you. So before I go further, this is where, uh, this is where the rubber meets the road, no pun intended. Before I go further, I'm gonna pause. I want you to take a moment and answer, right, applying this metaphor, this image of preparing the way, spiritually speaking, what is the debris that gets in the way? What's the rubble 
What's making it more difficult for Jesus to reach you? Just come to an answer in your head, okay? Got it? Everyone got it? Yeah? Okay. Here's the thing. If we think that our sinfulness, our brokenness, our junk, all of that stuff that we are embarrassed about, that stuff that we hide, the stuff of our shame, our poverty, our littleness, if we think that all of that is the rubble, if we think that all of that is the debris, if we think that's the obstacles in his way, then we are completely missing the point of his coming. I'm going to say that again. If we think that the sinfulness, we think that our brokenness is the rubble in the way, then we are missing it. And I'm afraid many of us think this. The truth is, the truth is that that junk, that stuff is not the rubble in the way. The thinking that says, I have to make myself appear holy, I have to make myself appear good, I have to make myself seem pious and put together, that is the demonic rubble. That thinking is the demonic rubble that's in the way that needs to get cleared away. You see the difference here I'm making, right? In other words, thinking that my sins are what keep Jesus from accessing me is the very thing that is going to keep Jesus from accessing me. Because he's a savior. He's a savior. Like thinking, it's like thinking that I have to become healthy before I see the doctor first. Or thinking that I have to get my teeth all in order before I see the dentist first, right? As a kid, whenever I, my mom would tell me, you got a dentist appointment today, I'd be up in my room like, <laughs> brushing my teeth for like 30 minutes, like this is going to make up for the past year, right? <laughs> I'm much better, I'm much better. But this way of thinking, it's thinking that I have to be perfectly healthy before I see the doctor, perfectly put together, right? It's demonic, it's not real. It, it is, it is a, such a diabolical twisting of the message of the gospel, right? Because I think that there's many of us who have thought or, or maybe are currently convinced that, man, once I get these sins out of my life, man, once I get this uh, thing, fill in the blank, under control, out of my life, if I can finally be done dealing with this, then, Jesus, you're really going to show up, and then you're really going to love me, then you're really going to do something with me, then you're going to be part of my life in a powerful way, then I'll look holy and desirable, right? There is not a more dangerous spiritual condition to get into than that way of thinking, to begin regarding our sins as obstacles to him. Because the moment we do that, we start wearing masks. We start wearing these pious masks. Because we're broken and we come before him wearing these masks, trying to make ourselves look holy. Those wounds, that junk, that stuff, that's the surgical site that the surgeon wants to work on. Here's the thing, we, might, we get conditioned, because we live in this fallen world, we get conditioned to spruce things up when company's coming over, right? Think about how you did for Thanksgiving. You had to tidy everything up before company came over. But what are you going to do for Christmas when people come over? Christmas parties, spruce things up, like the candles in the bathroom. It's important detail. You spruce things up before company comes over, right? That's what we're so conditioned into doing. But like, that isn't how you prepare the way for the coming of the King, the coming of Jesus, the coming of the one who is mercy. That ain't how you prepare for him. You don't hide all the junk away. You prepare for him by hauling it all out into the open. It's the exact opposite movement of the heart. 
It's the exact opposite. You get it all out into the open. Like the red carpet road, so to speak, the the highway that the Lord wants to ride in on, is our hearts just opened, exposed. Like, Lord, I've not hidden anything. Here's all the debris. Here's all the rubble. Here's all the baggage. Here's all the brokenness. Here is all. Here it is. This is how we're meant to come to him. This is how we are meant to, as we heard in that opening prayer, run out in haste to meet him. I love this prayer from St. Thomas Aquinas. It's, his, it's a section of his prayer that he says before Mass. I come sick to the doctor of life, unclean to the fountain of mercy, blind to the radiance of eternal light, and poor and needy to the Lord of heaven and earth. Lord, in your great generosity, heal my sickness. Wash away my defilement, enlighten my blindness, enrich my poverty, and clothe my nakedness. See, what Thomas Aquinas gets there that most of us, that many of us sinners don't get, is we come here, we like, come before the Lord like pretending to be already healthy, pretending to already be clean, pretending to be already able to see, pretending to already be clothed, and we look ridiculous. He's saying, stop pretending. Stop. There's no point in doing it. Like, as your priest, as your father, as your brother in Christ, I'm, I'm begging you this, this Advent to prepare your hearts, not just your houses, not just your decorations, not just your gift list, not just the recipes, not just all those hospitality details. I'm begging you to prepare your hearts which means you have to take some time. You have to carve out time. We have to stop trying to spruce things up on our own. We have to take some time in the silence. I'm begging you to just come before the Father, come before the Holy Spirit, come before Jesus. Like, Father, show me what I'm hiding from you. Shine that spotlight of your mercy upon my heart, upon my life. Show me what I'm hiding from you. What I've, been, what I've hidden from myself for so long that I don't even recognize anymore. Show me what I'm hiding from you, what I don't want you to see, what I don't want other people to see. Help me to be honest, Father. Like so brutally honest about what's going on in my life, what I'm actually doing. Why am I choosing these things? Why am I doing this? Why am I avoiding this? Help me to be honest, Help me to be honest. Help me to see these patterns of sin, these behaviors, these coping mechanisms. Where did this come from? Shine your light on it, Father. Shine your light on it, Father. Shine your light. Like how you prepare for the coming of a Savior is just different than how you prepare for the coming of anybody else. And if we don't, like, if we're not intentional about that, we're going to slide into the pattern of hiding, masking, covering, like photoshopping our life before him. The hospitality that Jesus most desires out of us is our brutal honesty, our childlike trust that here, Father, if I open my heart to you, right, if I open the misery of my life to you, if I open the brokenness to you, the junk, the the stuff that smells foul to high heaven, if I open that to you, that you will pour into that place your heart, tenderness, Mercy, love. 
That's the economics of mercy. That's how it works. We give him our misery. He gives us his heart. So, the second Sunday of Advent, prepare the way. The way is in the heart. Let's prepare our hearts. Amen.